We want to finish today this series that we've been in called Enlarge. We want to take a moment today and, and as we bring this three weeks to a close, the heart of it's been really like how can our minds, our hearts, our vision, our worldview grow? Um, we started a few weeks ago just thinking about how often we look at our world and, and sometimes forget that there's a, a bigger world out there that's in need, both for the message of Jesus. I loved hearing the heart of MCC that people would be reconciled with God and then reconciled with each other in the world. And that's what we long for in mission. That's what blessing is. Um, and so we want to bring that about today. I want to start with a story. And some, some of the kids actually were wondering, like, what are they going to do with the wood? Now they're gone, so they don't know what we're doing with the wood. But this is just a visual today, just to help you understand a little bit about how we want to end today. And, and, and uh, just this last uh, fall, my wife and I uh, finally were able to get around to redoing our deck. We've been in our home for just over 10 years here in the West Island. And um, we've been thinking about how, what we need to do with our deck. Our deck was rotting in some spots, and the connection to our foundation was horrible. If I wish one day I'll bring you pictures and just see the holes that were there where the water would just get in. So we needed to do something. But the um, interesting thing is we surveyed so many people when we were thinking about doing our deck. So we asked friends, and we were over at someone's house sitting on their deck, and we said, hey, when you did your deck, what would you give us advice for? Is it too big? Is it too small? We asked everybody. I stopped people on the corner in Renault Depot, stoplight. It's like, what did you do with your deck? Anyways, we, we just we felt like we wanted a broad survey of, uh, you know, what mistakes did you make? What, what advice would you give us? And whenever we asked people, whenever we asked people this question, we said, do you think you made it too big? They said, never. I said, do you think you made it too small? Almost 95% of them said, yes, we made our deck too small. And almost all of them would say, I wish it was two feet bigger, or I wish it was four feet wider, or now I realize I can't fit this because we didn't do it this way. So my wife and I heard all these things and thought, okay, one of the things we will not regret if we go bigger is going bigger. But if we go smaller, we might regret going smaller. Now, don't take this as financial advice from me to just do whatever you want and you know maybe take out a mortgage on a brand new deck or something. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about this idea that often when you're building something like that, that requires space, from everybody we talked to, almost everyone said, ah, oh, it's just, I wish it was just a little bit bigger. And I wonder if we think about that for ourselves for a moment. We think about our life, and sometimes it's so tempting that our lives would would just be focused around our little world and our circle and our job and our house or apartment and our circle of friends. When there's part of our life that wants meaning and purpose and we know that sometimes the, the obstacle to that meaning and purpose is that we just stay kind of stuck in this smaller world. Only later in life, often we'll look back and say, I wish I expanded my world a little bit. I wish I made room for a little bit more. And just like as we're putting together our deck, and if anybody needs some of this wood, it's just yours. You can use it. It's treated wood, so maybe you can find some, some use for it. But it was this, will we make room for what, we, what our vision is? Will we, we make room for what our vision is? And we've been talking this last few weeks about what mission is, and we said it's this. It's joining God's bigger bigger story of redeeming and restoring the world he loves. It's joining God's bigger story 
of redeeming and restoring the world he loves. It's about making room. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 54. And we want to just look at a, a short passage this morning for a few minutes. And um, as, you, as you're thinking about this, as we're going to read this in just a couple of moments, I want to give you some context here because it's so, you can't just read Isaiah 54 just by itself. You kind of have to read, you know, almost several chapters. And the cool thing about Isaiah 54 for Westside is if you have been reading or following our reading plan on our website, the last week and a half has been taking you through Isaiah 48 to 55 or so. So if you've been reading that, you've, you've come across this whole theme or this piece of, of Isaiah. And the context is this. Back in chapter 49, three times uh, Isaiah the prophet uses this phrase referring to, to Israel. He says, you're thinking too small. That's the phrase, too small. If you read through chapter 49 and 50, three times we get this phrase, too small. It's too small a thing, Isaiah tells them. God's message to them, that you would just think about your own little tribe. It's too small a thing that you would just worry about your current worries. It's too small a thing for you to just think about your own little world, thinking too much about yourself. And as the story, as, as Isaiah continues in this whole section of, of, his, uh, of his letter, he starts to talk about what will come one day, and he, he speaks about the servant of the Lord, which is the Messiah. And what will happen when the Messiah comes? And we read through this, and then in chapter 54, the fulfillment of the Messiah is already taken place. And it turns into hope and expansion and fruitfulness and flourishing. And I want us to read Isaiah 54, verse 1 to 3. Let's read it, just one verse at a time. So here's, here's how it starts off. Sing, barren woman, who... You who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. You who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. If we just pause at this moment, here's, imagine this, this whole thrust of Isaiah is kind of moving from, it's, you're, you're thinking too small, you're thinking of yourselves, uh, there's a little bit of judgment towards Israel in these passages, but then there's a lot of promise for what the future will hold, and it bursts into this first verse, you know, sing, celebrate, think about what will come, there's going to be a flourishing, a multiplication, an expansion that takes place. And then verse 2, cont- Isaiah continues, and I love this, he says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you, who, for you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. If we can just go back to verse 2 uh, on this. I love this. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Have you ever been camping and you realize that you brought a tent that was too small for your group? Have you ever squished into a tent before? Even when, you, if, even if you're a family of three or four people, you never buy a tent for three or four people 
because you know you're going to be squished and then you, you're like, where am I going to put my stuff? You always buy for eight or nine people or something like that, you know? And so if you've ever been in that kind of situation, you know how crammed it can get. I love this image that we get here because there's this promise, this, this, this hope that's coming that we read in verse one. There's going to be this multiplication, this expansion. And then the prophet says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen the cords. Make this thing bigger. What the prophet is saying is, make room. There's a reminder, God's bigger story is happening, is at place. It's coming. And Israel forgot that. And the message was, make room for what God wants to do. Make room for who God wants to include. And the whole message was, stop thinking just about yourselves. In other words, when you think about your deck, don't go smaller, go bigger. That's figurative, okay? But sometimes we can feel like that in life. We can feel like we long for our life to make a difference. We long for our life to see purpose. But then we revolve around this little circle of just the people we know, the house we live in, the job we have, the little world we keep tidy in. And we can easily fall into the trap. It's interesting, last week hearing Daria share her story as uh, she, sh- she shared her story about four years of, of struggle and wrestling with the Lord, her and Matt, as they were um, just their situation with not being able to have a child. And when they came to this point of just trusting God and saying, whatever it is, it is. I remember hearing her say this last week. She said, we came to the point and we realized, well, if we do not have kids, what are we going to do with our time and our resources? And she said specifically, because just traveling a little, traveling a little more is not really going to be the, the fullest life that we long for. They're asking the, they were asking the question, well, what, how do I make room for what God wants to do in my life through me? God has a bigger story he's writing, and all of us can play a part of it if we just look past our worlds and we look to God's love for the world. And this message to Israel was make room for what I want to do. Make room for the future that is bigger than this. I love one writer, Christopher Wright. He says it this way. He talks about, he says, God's business is a multinational company with branches everywhere. It's impressive to hear that MCC is in 60 nations. Last week, I quoted a little bit from Rick Warren's talk in front of some senators and congressmen about alleviating poverty in the world. And, and you know, we went on to say that, that, uh, that in this one pocket of Rwanda where him and, and other Christians and churches were serving in, he realized there were three hospitals. Two of the three, 66% were run by faith-based organizations or churches. There was 18 clinics. 16 of the click of this 18 were run by faith organizations or churches, 89% of the clinics were led by the church. But when he was talking to Congress and he was talking to senators and, they were, and, he, and then he presented to Bill and Melinda Gates uh, at their foundation the question about how will we distribute medicine and aid and education and Warren's response about this one part in Rwanda was there's 600 churches in this region. There's three hospitals, there's 18 clinics, There are 600 churches. And he said the church can be the distribution system. I I could imagine if Isaiah was around today and he heard that, he's like, where's Rwanda? There are 600 communities of faith there? He's like, wow, God, you really meant what you said. 
enlarge your tent, stretch out the posts, make room because you want to bless the world. You want to bless the world. That's what Isaiah was saying. Make room because you will miss what I want to do in the world through you. And our part in God's bigger story, it's interesting because I I reflect on my own life and I know that we can hit obstacles by doing God's will because of evil or mistakes or uh, obstacles or whatever they might be. But I have this hunch, and you tell me if I'm wrong, that most of the time we miss God's bigger story, not because of evil, not because of mistakes, not because of obstacles, but we usually miss it because of our smaller story. We usually miss God's bigger story because of our smaller story. And when I think about these two issues, two obstacles, I just want to bring to our attention. The first one is, is vision. One of the issues that even Israel had as they're listening to this is a sense of vision. Why did over and over, at least three or four times back in Isaiah 49, did, did, did God use the words too small? It's too small a thing just to think about yourselves. I mean, do we have that view of God? Do I have that view of the world? Do I have that view of my part? Or do you have that view of your part in God's story? Is it too small? Is that the word we need to hear from Isaiah? And I think one of the obstacles is an obstacle of vision. And I go back to thinking about what we're thinking about our deck. We just thought, well, what are we going to do with this? Will we make it at least big enough to fit, you know, our family so we can hang out? What about when we have friends? Is it too small a thing? Five times in Genesis, from when, when the first time we read Abraham's, the promise to Abraham, and we read this a few weeks ago, where God says, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing to the nations. That same promise comes up five times in Genesis. He tells Abraham at least twice. God reminds himself as he's speaking to Abraham about this promise. And then he tells Isaac and Jacob, three generations, all hear this promise to make sure that they get the mission is for the nations. I will bless the nations. Make room is the message. Make room. The second obstacle, though, I think is not an obstacle of vision. I think it's an obstacle of heart. And I think that's the case whether God's just calling you specifically in one specific area of your life. And not only do sometimes we lack vision, but we lack heart. I think it's when we think about our church and we think about our community and our neighborhood, sometimes we lack vision and sometimes we lack heart. Israel, I believe, was struggling with the heart to think about the nations, to have concern for the nations, to feel the pain of the nations. But I don't think they're the only ones. I think we all struggle with this. I think every human being on the planet wrestles with a little bit of selfishness. I, I admit I do. I, I admit that I do. Thanks, Nick, for affirming my selfishness. Um, you can even tweet about it later. Dave is selfish. But, um, you know, yeah, our, our hearts struggle with this. Our hearts struggle with this. I mean, I, I know because when I'm sitting at a table and there's one last piece of juicy meat on a dish, I think I want it, right? That's, and I'm hoping nobody else wants it. And I, 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 in a false humility, say, does anybody else want this? No, right? That, 
that, that, that is selfish. When you were a kid and you were, if you had a brother or sister, you measured the juice because you wanted to make sure you got a little bit more or at least equal. And you, didn't want to, you wanted to make sure you didn't get less. I grew up with brothers and sisters, and, and uh, I grew up with a twin. And no matter what, we knew that our parents treated us equally. But we'd always ask, what did mom give you for Christmas? What, what was in the envelope, you know? Or what was this? And so we, just to check, just to make sure that we didn't get ripped off. When, um, when, when, when we had our first son, Andrew, um, I, you know, I was so happy, obviously, leading up to this, but I remember struggling with something in my heart, and I expressed it to my wife, and I was wrestling with it in my mind, and I honestly had this question. You might think I'm nuts, but I honestly had this question, and I asked myself, do I have enough love for this new boy? Will I have enough love? Can I split my love? Can I split my attention? Can I split my time? Can I split my resources? Will I have enough? And you know, that partly comes, came from fear. But I think part of it in, comes from just how the world shapes us. But the beauty of the human heart is this. It grows when it gives. The human heart grows when it gives, not when it keeps. I mean, I think the Dr. Seuss who wrote the story of the Grinch caught that right, right? As he gave, his heart grew two sizes. Our hearts get bigger, not by getting, but by giving. And God works in the same way. He grows our hearts when we start loving and we start giving for the sake of others. Something supernatural happens when we start to give of ourselves. And when we do that, we start making room. So it's not only a matter of vision, it's a matter of heart. And I love that verse that we've just kind of been you know, using here and there throughout the series. For God so loved the world that he gave. And for God that was sending Jesus. When Isaiah told Israel, enlarge your tent, spread your tent wide, what was his message? He was saying, open your hearts, open your lives, make room. Make room. Here's two questions I want us to think about as, as we reflect on this. Is your vision big enough for the world? Is your vision big enough for the world? And is your heart big enough for that vision? Is your vision big enough for the world? And is your heart big enough for that vision? So why are we called to do this? Because God desires every person on the planet to be blessed. And that's why his mission exists. So as we wrap up this series, as we wrap up today, here's kind of the, the, the core idea I want us to, to leave with and think about is, will we enlarge our hearts? Will, will we allow God to break open our hearts so we can make room for what he wants to do? Um, that means our heart for our communities here in the West Island, in the city, your neighborhoods, your neighbors and friends and family, our heart for our city our heart for the local schools or the youth or the elderly or those who are in pockets or a season of need, are, are, well, are our hearts growing to welcome God using us in those areas? But it's also beyond that and saying, what about beyond us? 
What about beyond the particular mission God has us on here in, in Montreal? But what about the rest of the world? Can we play a part in one, at least one story? Like Catherine said, we can't do everything, but we can do one thing. And part of that is not just an enlarged heart, but it's enlarged hands. Will we, you know, when we, when we hold our hands like this, we're not growing our hearts. But when we open our hands like this, we are growing our hearts. Because our, as our hands open and as we live more generously, then our hearts grow. And I believe that our hand and our heart is tied together. When we open our hands, our heart grows. And when, we, when our heart grows, it leads us to open our hands. And they're intertwined. Our heart and our hands are intertwined together. And so that's why the call this month is, what would it look like if we just banded together and, and joined this one story in Central Asia to see God's blessing grow in that area or raise 100 or 200 kits to make sure that at least that many people find relief, feel dignity, feel human. So how can we expand our reach beyond ourselves? Well, and some, you know, honestly, what I think about and some people ask is, well, what about us? What about our needs? What about Montreal? Montreal is a city that needs so many needs. What about us? And I say, yes, we want to grow our capacity. We want to see our community group leaders multiplied so we can see community groups in every neighborhood in the city. We want to see our local partnerships, de- partnerships deepen and grow so we can see greater impact and we can bless those who are in need around us and see them come to faith in Christ. We, we want to grow our capacity on a Sunday so we can, as we keep reaching people, we, we can make room for people here. We want to do that. We want to see that happen in neighborhoods. We want to see that in our local partnerships. We want to see our capacity grow in, in, at Westside with leadership and systems so we can make room to grow. But I think we would be thinking too small if we just think about ourselves. We want to leave room for God to use us elsewhere. And so the call is this for a global giving initiative. And it's just our initial step into this. We've never really done it this way. It's the first time we feel like maybe God's leading us to join and track with the story. And so the story we want to track with is Central Asia with an organization called MB Mission. And we've talked about this already, but our gift would help multiply the church in an area of the world that less than 1% of that whole region follows Jesus. This, as I'd mentioned, you know, there's a handful of believers in this region. And in the last five years, God has been answering prayers and five families have moved into the region to resource. And we can become part of that, the start of this story. Imagine new disciples emerge and new Christian leaders grow and the church multiplies. And all of a sudden, not only are people blessed because they come to know Jesus, but those believers on the ground will bless in other ways that we can't. Do you know that we started our tax clinic in the West Island because one person had an idea to do it, and that was a believer? That we started partnering with a local school because a few people caught wind of what was going on here? That many community groups have started because someone had a passion for their neighborhood? And so I believe is that we, might, we will not go over to Central Asia and start a tax clinic or partner with a local school or do whatever, but I believe that as disciples grow, God's going to put it on someone's heart to meet that specific need in Central Asia. And we, we will play a part in that story. We will get to be a, a blessing in that way. 
And so our goal, I don't, we don't really have a, a, a real goal. We don't know. What if, what if God would lead us collectively to give $5,000 or $10,000 to bless this project? I don't know how, the, how God's going to lead you. I know how he's led me, and I've done my best to follow through on that. I don't know how he's going to lead you. But can we be a blessing to Central Asia this month and track with this story? In June, we're going to have this couple who's moved there with their three kids, and they're going to actually be here live in June and share their story. We're going to get a chance to hear from them. So Central Asia is one of that piece, and the other piece is these MCC kids. Can we be a blessing? So here's the goal by the end of of May. Can we surrender our hearts to God and say, Lord, how do you want me to be a blessing here? How can I be part of making room for this particular region in the world? And just listen. And with the MCC kits, I think that's almost like a no-brainer, but you might still need to stop and say, God, do you want me to do one kit? Do you want me to do a few kits? How many families or people do you want me to bless? And we can come together this month and bless both with disciple-making and relief. And I believe God's going to grow our heart and he's going to do some amazing things. And we're going to pause and pray this morning and give you a chance just to pause and say, Lord, how would you have me respond? Now, before you're thinking about that, if you, if you and as you consider responding, the only thing you need to do is, whether physically here through our Connection Hub or offering, when you consider a gift, and whatever that gift is, just make sure you write enlarge on the check or the envelope. And if you're giving online, just make sure you put a note because we want 100% of that, that, the, that offering to go to this mission. So anytime in the next couple of weeks to think about that. And today I believe that as we pray, God's going to nudge your heart in some way. I also believe sometimes God nudges us to say, this, this one might not be for you. But I think a chunk of us, God is going to be leading us and saying, how, do I, how, how are you going to bless this one? Dave, what are you going to do for this? And just to be open to that. Let me just, before I pray, let me just share one story briefly. And it's some of us in our community group saw a video of a man who, was, who came to know Jesus in Central Asia. And then his name was left unknown because of the sensitivity of the story. But this man came to Christ and he was arrested for his faith. And he was put in prison. People caught wind of it. And... Uh, as he was walking through that difficult season of persecution, there were actually people from the West because I think the New York Times and the Washington Post got wind of the story and so obviously some attention came around to this. He ended up being released. And he was asked this question. He said, he was asked directly, if you want, we will get you out of this country to a safer place. He was asked the question, if you want... After everything you've been through, now that you're out of prison, we will get you out. Just tell us. And he said, no, I need to stay here because there's peop- my country needs me here and the mission of the gospel needs me here. And I believe that when he said that, when he did that, that was an indication of his hands and his heart making room because he's saying, I could go to a safer place but I want to be part of God's bigger story. I want to be part of God's bigger story in the world of redeeming and restoring this place. When I hear stories like that, I realize there are people who are making much more room than I'm even making in my life. I believe we could partner in a story like that. I believe we can be those kind of people. Let's stand and pray.
And I just want to lead you for, the, for a brief moment for you personally to ask God. Here at Westside, we never, I believe, you know, with all honesty, we've never pushed or forced people um, to give in any specific way. We, we raise the challenge. We raise the vision. But I think in this particular situation, all I'm asking you to do is just listen. Just listen. I really believe that sometimes God even pops a number in our head and says, you need to do this. And so just in the next few moments, would you just ask the Lord, say, Lord, how will you have me respond? How do you want me to be part of making room for more people to experience your blessing? Would you just ask that to the Lord? And don't be afraid because God, whatever, however he leads us, he continues to walk alongside us and gives us grace and power and provision to move forward, even though at times it's a sacrifice. So just ask him. If you feel like you've, in some sense, got some direction from God, hold on to that and live up to that conviction. If you need to seek the Lord a little further, then take time this week to do that. But listen, I know God will lead us. Father, we pause and we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you have made a way to reconcile us back into relationship with you. We thank you for that blessing. We thank you that that pours over into our relationships and into our community. We thank you for your provision in our lives. All of us who are here today in some way or another, regardless of our social status, are in the top 5% of the world. God, we say thank you for your blessing. God, and I just, we, we, tr- we just trust you, I trust you, that you will lead each and every one of us to partner with uh, this mission in a particular way, to partner with this story in Central Asia. God, may our faith um, be strengthened. May our hearts grow and make room. May our vision be expanded. May our hands be opened so we can say yes to however you will lead us. And then may we trust you, God, as we fulfill how you're leading us, God. May we sense your, your blessing and your grace and your joy as some of us respond and write a check or punch in our information online. May we feel your grace as we do that. May we feel your joy, but also be reminded of the pain in the world as we put kits together this month. God, may we see how you are using us, not to meet every need, but to meet one or two. And God, we trust you to multiply that. And God, as we open up our hands and our hearts here for a story that's beyond ourselves, a story that's beyond our city, God, we trust you to keep leading us right here in our own cities to be a blessing. God, we lift up neighbors and family members who don't know you. We lift up needs in our area that we can be a a part of, of meeting. God, use us. Continually open our hearts and our hands and expand our vision to be a blessing right here in our neighborhoods, right here in our networks, and even across the world in the nations. We pray this In Jesus' name.
Amen.